compete with them. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you, Lord, for you. For dying on the cross for us, saving us, Lord, filling us with your Holy Spirit, so that we can get busy doing what our Father called us to do. Lord, I think of the time when you were only 12 years old and you disappeared from the caravan. As Joseph and Mary were going home, thinking that you were with one of the cousins, finding you not amongst the family, ran back to Jerusalem and found you in the temple and you said, I need to be about my father's business. Lord, help us to realize that wasn't just you that is supposed to be about your father's business, but Lord, you have called each and every one here, each and every one of us to be busy for you. And so, Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that you will use us to win Wapiton and Breckenridge to Jesus Christ. That, Lord, the kingdom will be expanded here and souls will truly get saved. And we thank you for this in Jesus' precious name. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing that's here this morning. Lord, open up our ears to hear from you today, I pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. And Amen. Hallelujah. We're over here in um, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews is not always an easy book to understand, but you know what? Once you get into the book of Hebrews and you start listening, it's really easy to understand. We need to get busy. We need to get busy. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. There we go. Verse. Yep. Verse 1. That's just a chap that's gate bible gateway for you <laughs> therefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our confession christ jesus who was faithful to him who appointed him as moses also was faithful in all his house for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he built the house, has more honor than <coughs> the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which, we would, be, which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into the word here, but let's consider something. Go to the next screen. Oh, I'm sorry, not yet. Who have you challenged this week? No. Go to that screen. I was talking about the next screen. Who have you challenged this week? 
Um, what I'm going to suggest to the people on the, on the computer, you've got to read along the screen with me. So if I said, who did you challenge this week? You say, oh, I know I'm on the right place. Okay? You can, the thing they have advantage of, they have all the slides in front of them. So they have an advantage over the rest of the folks here, so they know what's coming next. And so we just got to, and, and she can set that, if she doesn't have it that way, she can set it up on the other screen for you. But who have you challenged this week? I'm asking you. We, we've been all month for five weeks now, we've been talking about back to church. And so the back to church challenge. We've been talking about this for five weeks. You know, Jesus would say, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. We've been having a hard time paying attention lately to each other. We're not listening well enough. We're doing a lot of talking, but we're not listening. I hear you, but I wasn't listening. And we've had that played out the last couple of weeks. Jason and I were talking about that. We think it's, in some ways, we, we think it's a good thing that we're seeing this to fix some of this. Sometimes God gave us two ears to hear with. <coughs> Jesus says to the church, he who has an ear, let him hear. Are we listening with our spiritual ears? Are we listening with our regular ears at all? If we believe that the sermon, when, when the pastor gets up to preach the Word of God, if we believe, as we do, that the Word of God is completely the Word of God, every word in it is from Him because the Holy Spirit wrote it. And we believe that when the pastor gets up or the evangelist gets up and preaches the Word, he is telling us what God is telling uh, the message for the church that he wants us to have. Are we actually taking it to heart and are we listening? Or are we just saying, oh, that sounds good, and we don't do anything about it? Oh, we had a wonderful time in church today, but <clears throat> now I'm going to go do my own thing. Who have we challenged this week? Have you challenged anyone this week to come to church? I, I, I know that it's being done by some. But I'm old now. All my friends are set in their ways. <laughs> well, a lot of your friends are set in their ways. However, if we find that our friends aren't in heaven with us, you're going to be one of those people that Jesus has to wipe away all of your tears. Now, the, the truth is, everyone here is going to have to have tears wiped away. It's just the truth. And everybody who's ever been saved will have to have tears wiped away because we're going to all see people that we care about being ushered off to the lake of fire. However, if we can do something to help them avoid that, we should. I don't care. Well, I've had people in this church tell me, well, pastor, they're going to church. But what kind of church is it? <clears throat> Is it a real church or not? Oh, pastor, don't go there. People listen to this podcast. I'm tired. I've gotten to an age now. I'm not worried about it. 
because Jesus is coming too soon. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is going to be in heaven. We're going to have, we are going to see people come to the judgment seat and hear them say, but Jesus, I did this in your name. I did that in their name. And this is the saddest verse in the Bible when <coughs> Jesus says, I don't know you. Depart from me. I never knew you. And we know Jesus. And we have the ultimate information. We have information that's more important than having all the gold in the world. Amen. And we sit on it. Who have we challenged? And I look at myself. Who have I challenged this week? Who have we? Let's go. Let's go to the next screen. Let's consider these two verses as we go through this today. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, <clears throat> unless the Lord, I'm starting to lose my voice. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in the vain who, they labor in vain who build it. Now, I'm going to read the rest of the verse because this is where we usually stop as a church. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Now, we have an attitude problem in America, church, because we think, well, the Lord says, unless the Lord builds a house, they'll either labor, labor in vain. It never says that unless the Lord builds the house, he's going to do all the work. There's still laborers involved. Just like there's still watchmen involved in watching over that city. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore that the Lord would send laborers into the harvest field. How many here are willing to, to volunteer? Well, you say, Pastor, I'm above, I, I'm retirement age. Well, so was Gideon. When he came into the land, he was retirement age. He was ready for the old Jew home. Ooh, the old folks home. <laughs> I didn't mean to be offensive out there in podcast land. But he was an old Jew. Think about it, he was in his 80s. He goes to Joshua, his best friend. He says, okay, Joshua. Give me my inheritance. I, Moses promised me that mountain. Give it to me. Joshua says, okay, but you know the army has it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go take it myself. So he grabbed his boys and grandsons. They went to that mountain, and they subdued the enemy, didn't they? He was 80 years old. Moses, how old was he? Oh, my word. Can you imagine? You, you walk up, you see a burning bush, and the Lord says, I'm going to use you. But I'm old. And what gets me about Moses was, I'm not a very good speaker. Use my brother who's older than me. He didn't pick out a young whippersnapper 20 years something years old, did he? He said, use the guy older than me. And God says, I've called you. I'll just make Aaron your spokesman. 
But we better have the Lord on our side, and we better have the heart of God. That's what this is talking about. We better have the heart of God. What does God want us to do? And we know what God wants us to do because Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Did he not in Mark chapter 16? Let's look at Hebrews 3, 4. I like this verse. This is what got me going this week. For every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. Now let's go to the next screen here. There's two houses the Lord is building. And really it's just one. The first one that we usually talk about when we talk about the Lord building the house is the church. But you know what? He gets more personal about it. He's actually talking about building you spiritually. Now think about that. Are you allowing God to work in your life to build you? There, there's an old card I used to keep on my, in the old church. I had it always on the wall of the office. It says, um, you know, God's not, um, I forget how the first part, but it just, the gist of it is God's not done with me yet. You know, remember that old song? God's not done with us yet. He's still building us. Are we allowing him to? You see, if you don't take care of the church that's in your heart, that's you, you're going to be no good for the church itself. Uh-oh. You better start taking care of the church and building this up. How do we do that? Through prayer. How do we do that? By reading the Bible and listening to it. Most people just read the Bible, so I got my Bible reading them and they don't listen to it. What do you mean by listen to it? Being doers of the word, not just hearers only. <laughs> is that what the word of God says? Yes. And so, but the church is, you see, the church is not this building, it's you. And so when we come together as the church, that's why it's one. That's why they're one and the same that God is building. So he's building you individually and he's building us corporately. However, God never said just this few and no more. God wants us to do more than just gather our few folks. He, that's why he said, go. That's why he uses the picture of being fishers of men. Now, they didn't just, but we think of fisher, being a fisherman, we get our rod and our reel and we go, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. oh, I caught one. That's not the type of fishing Jesus had in mind. He had a big net, a wide net. And he told the boys, cast it on the other side. We haven't caught anything all night. But because you said so, Lord, we'll do it. And they used the wide net and they caught many. We have this idea, we'll just catch one once in a while. No, the idea God wants us to have is let's go get as many as we can. And we're right now, it feels like we've been fishing all night long and not catching anything. That's why we need to start listening for Jesus' voice because we're probably fishing on the wrong side of the boat. He wants us to be fishing on the other side of the boat. And this is why we need to learn the voice of God. Let's go to the next one. We've got to get in touch with God's heart. We've got to get in touch with God's heart. And you know how we do that? It goes back to what it was. I liked what you had to say. I couldn't. <laughs> <clears throat> you see what it says there? 
How do we get in touch with God's heart? We have to get out of the way of our own preconceived <laughs> ideas. Oh, better not talk about the blood of Jesus. That might offend somebody. Oh, don't talk about the cross. That's, that dude surely will. We better get the cross off our buildings because that's going to offend somebody. Well, I already know it's going to offend somebody because the Bible says so. <laughs> that's what the Bible says. It's going to offend. But you know, sometimes you need to offend people to get them to hear you. Silver Saul. Somebody just gave me a Silver Saul loungeinger. It'll help just a second. We have to get out of the way of our own preconceived ideas. And it happens all the time. Christians don't even know who they are because of all these things. Well, we better be seeker friendly. So seeker friendly that... You go up to ask somebody, well, I've been sitting in the church for six months and I still haven't gotten saved. But I like coming here because they make me feel good. How's it going to be when the church is raptured and we come to the end and, and that person's left behind and we look around and say, well, why isn't Joe with us? Because Joe never got saved. And then we come down to it, because nobody told Joe how to get saved. We come down to the judgment seat, and Joe's going off to, to the lake of fire, and he looks at it and says, why didn't you ever tell me how to get saved? I would have done it. Why didn't you just make me feel good and leave me in my sin? That's why God's going to be wiping away some of our tears. My word, I get so tired of hearing the baby boomers blame for everything. But you know what? The baby boomers need to get back to where they used to be and annoy everybody. My word, do you remember how you used to be back in the 70s and the 80s? Are you saved? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh no, here comes that holy roller again. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh my word, and Gen Xers weren't any better. In the early days, they go off and go, God loves you, don't you know that? When do we get so comfortable in our skin that we're not worried about it anymore? We used to get concerned about it. Oh, my word. Go to the next one. We have to open up our mind. See, this is the problem. We've been keeping our minds closed too long. You know, minds are like parachutes. They only work when they're open. Ouch. We need to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Because the Lord has told us in his scripture that we need to learn how to speak to every generation. You know why we're having a problem with this new generation? Because we're not opening up our minds to what the Lord is saying so we can learn how to speak their language. Well, they, don't they speak English? Yeah, they speak English, but they're so confused about what's right and what's wrong, what's real, what's not. My word. When you can go home, get behind, turn on your console, 
put on your earphones with your microphone and get lost in your fantasy games. And now you see the commercials because they're all a lot of them are using the 3D. Um, yeah, and they got that screen on. You see their hand. It's so funny looking with them doing this with their arms, you know, because they think it's real. We got to learn how to speak their language so that we can get them saved. We got to get we got to get past all their distractions so that they'll get saved. But how are we going to do that when we're not even listening to our Savior on how to do it? How are we supposed to tell somebody if we're not listening to the Lord? Do we even know, recognize his voice? That still small voice? This is why the church needs revival. Because there's a lot of us here who know the voice of God, who used to be so on fire. Stop thinking that you're old and life has passed you. Some of you have not come into your destiny yet. You're just like Moses. God was just waiting for you to have all this life experience so when you turned 80, he can now use you. And by the way, for those who are retired, you have more time on your hand to work for the Lord than those who have to go to work every day. And I know how busy some of you are since you retired. You're more busy now than you were before. Because now you get to do all the fun things that you've always wanted to do. Well, make sure part of that is the Lord. Go to the next slide. Now, this is what Life Corps is all about on Sunday nights at 5. This is what Life Corps is all about. Some of you are just trying to figure it out right now. That's where we were, we've been watching, we were watching a movie last week to get us to think. <laughs> Life Corps is about challenging us and challenging our thinking. It's getting us to think, to understand how have we gotten here and what are we to do? Are we hearing what thus say the Lord is saying to us today? Life Corps is all about to get us to do, to be doers of the word. I said to the folks, wait till the end of the movie to criticize. Think about what's being presented. Because why we're watching it, why Jason and I decided to show it, it's because we need to know how did we get into this mess in the first place here in America? What has caused us to be in this mess? Because the de while the church has been busy enjoying their comfortable pews, the devil has been working hard, and he didn't just start yesterday. You see, the problem is, if you remember the battlefield of the mind, when we studied that on Wednesday morning, we learned a long time ago, the, the devil is a patient beast. And he, he knows he has time on his hand. And he's been whispering lies to us since we were little. Whispering lies like, you're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Nobody loves you. You know how the devil lies. And he does that since you start telling you these lies, and that's why we have to say, I rebuke you, Satan, you're an idiot. He is. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. 
If he tells you you're ugly, you better understand God sees you as beautiful. Come on. And so this is what it is. And this is what this movie's about. You're going to find out is that the devil didn't just start messing up things yesterday. He's had time on his hand and he has done a slow march to get us to where we are now. We learn these things so that we can say now, okay, now we have the facts. What can the church, how can the church respond and what can the church do? You saw that great debate last week. Wow. A bunch of ministers and church people getting together and they're debating. Well, let's pull out and get away from them all. No, let's go in there and challenge them all. And they had this great debate going on. Go to the next slide. But that's why we have Life Corps. It's a challenge. And there's going to be times when we have testimonies. Why? Because we need to be encouraged. By the way, that's part of Life Corps too. We're going to have times when we need to do some testifying to encourage us so we don't feel like we're all alone out there doing for God. You see, we need to have some discovery. If we're going to get busy, we need to do some discovery. And here, I broke it down for you. First of all, discovery, what? You know, you have those things that reporters always do, who, what, when, when, blah, 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 right? So I broke it up and I put it in a different order so that it makes sense. What? What would the Lord have us to do? That's what we need to discover. What would the Lord have us to do? Well, we know he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we know right there, that's what we're supposed to start with. Are we doing it? Number two, how? <laughs> How does he want us to do it? And there's a reason why we need to find that out and ask that question. Because the same old, same old isn't working. If it was working, this place would be packed out. If this was 20 years, touch your Lord Jesus and touch that lower back right now in Jesus' name. If this was 20 years ago, 25 years ago, this church would be packed. But the same old isn't working anymore. He wants us to return to the basics. And you've heard some of us talk about this. The, the simple church. He wants us to return to the simplicity of the gospel. Because the simplicity of the gospel will win every time. Sometimes we just get so caught up in trying to be so clever. <laughs> My word, if we live in a time that everybody has a new revolution, revelation, what we need is an old revol revolution. Get back to the Word of God. Who does God want to use? Well, that's a simple one. You. That's who He wants to use. You. Well, I live in a group home. Who cares? You got all those people that are stuck there with you. He gave you a captive audience. <laughs> Right? right? Start seeing some of the things that's happened to you in the, in the, as a positive. Like our dear sister with her back. Oh, praise God. It's, the Lord's going to prove to her how he's real. She already knows that, how she, he's real. I know that. But he's going to prove to her again how he can touch her again. Because you know what? He loves her. And he's going to heal that back, right? In Jesus' name. Mm. Sometimes we just need our Father to love on us and to prove himself again and again and again. 
And why? Why do we need to have some discovery? It goes to that last thing there. Because people are dying without Jesus. And where do you end up going if you die without Jesus? You end up going to hell. And so people are dying without Jesus today. Let's go to the next slide. Here's some good news. We have everything we need. Do you hear me? Some of you seem like you're, you're tuning me out. <laughs> this is why I say we have a problem with hearing lately. We have everything we need, we just have to use it. Did God give you a mouth? Did God give you this? Do you have to have it all memorized? You have everything you need to reach others for Jesus. Let's go to the next slide. I'm getting ready to wind down. Here's the thing. We need to make connections. We need to be making connections. We have to invite, 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 and invite. Our high school kids should be inviting everybody they know to come to their youth group. Well, our youth group's not always the coolest. My word, we had kids come to our youth group this summer that we never thought would come. We need to invite, invite, invite. Next slide. We have to learn from our Awana kids. <laughs> You know what they do? They get excited and they bring someone. The Bible says, and the little children will lead them. We need to get excited and bring someone. Why aren't we excited about what God is doing in our lives? Why aren't we excited about what God is doing in our church? Why aren't we excited about our worship? Why aren't we excited about Jesus? If we would get excited, we'd start bringing people to him. And I know you, you're a witness on the job. And I know you tell people about Jesus. But you know what? In Jesus' ministry, it wasn't enough just to <coughs> it wasn't just enough to tell them about Jesus. They brought people to Jesus. The Bible says over and over again, they brought the sick to Jesus. They brought the demon-possessed to Jesus. They brought their neighbors to Jesus to hear him teach the word of God to them. And everyone who came to Jesus was healed. We need to do that here. We need to bring people to where they can meet Jesus. And they can do it right here. I, I could have pulled up my statistics of 30 years of ministry and told you how many people were led to the Lord under my ministry and how many people were led to the Lord under this ministry here in Wapiton. I chose not to do that because I'm not going to brag because it's always all about Jesus because he does it all anyway. All I can do is open up my mouth and tell people about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit does the rest. And when we give the challenge to them, they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We don't know how many people have gotten saved in our church and then went back to where the willywags where they lived and are living for the Lord now, but because they were here visiting. We've had that happen to us many, many a time. But we need to be like our Awana kids and learn from them. We're trying to get them to come on Sunday mornings. We're working at it. In fact, we got a reward program going if they show up. And the kids have been wanting to. Now it's getting mamas and daddies excited about getting their kids out. And that's what's being worked on right now. We're getting closer. There's a want to. Now we just got to get them here. And it might, you might have to go ahead and say, if you come, I'll feed you. Well, I don't know. Well, you make your mom do the cooking. If you can't afford to take them to McDonald's afterward, take them over to your ma's house. <laughs> She'll make a big pan of meatloaf. Because that's all she can afford right now. And it might just be turkey loaf, but she'll do it with love. <laughs> Amen? And that love will be more, more beneficial than the food. Yeah. And everybody will have a good time. Because you're, you're, you're working on getting somebody saved. And the love and the camaraderie. Did they not go ahead and break bread from one house to another? You have, you have tools that God has given us that we've forgotten that we have. And you know what? Food's a great equalizer. Jesus still has his arms stretched wide. Don't you love that picture? Jesus still has his arms stretched wide. That's Jesus pictured there as a, as a Spaniard. <laughs> We don't know what Jesus actually looked like. Most of the Renaissance painters were from Spain and Italy. So they could only paint what they knew. But his coloring is more like a Middle Eastern person. So that's kind of cool. Because Jesus would have had more coloring that way than, you know. You know, the Bible is still right. And the truth is still real. There's still room at the cross for you. There's still room at the cross for your neighbors. There's still room at the cross for your friends. There's still room at the cross for your family members. We should have the attitude that we want to make sure that our whole family is in heaven with us. We should have the attitude that our friends are in heaven with us. We need to go ahead and say, Lord, you know when it's going to be too late? When we, we're no longer alive. As long as we have breath, there's still room at the cross. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you, Lord, that there's still room at the cross for those to be saved. 
Lord, use everyone here as people who can get excited as a little child and invite people to meet you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, why wouldn't we want them to get to know our best friend? Why wouldn't we want them to get to know the one who took away all of our sins? Why wouldn't we want them to get to know the one who has healed us? Why, is it, don't we, why isn't it that we want, wouldn't want them to know the one who has promised us eternal life so we don't have to be fearful of death, but, Lord, that we can embrace life forevermore? Lord, help us to hear you and help us to be doers of the word, Lord. Help us, Lord, to go and share the gospel with every creature. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. And for those who are listening at home, if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. Lord, I want to live for you. And thank you for dying for me. And that you are my risen Lord. In Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, welcome to the family of God. And now you need to tell somebody what you did today. You need to tell somebody you gave your heart to Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for those who have prayed that prayer today for their salvation. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And then drop us a line at, at um, go to the wapitinnewlife.org and drop us a line there and tell us that you asked Jesus into your heart. We want to be praying for you. We want to pray every day for you so that you, for your growth in the Lord because we want to become connected with you. We thank you and we praise you for this message today, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for using us right here in Breckenridge and Wapiton. In Jesus' name, amen.